Okay. Well, hello there, everybody. Welcome to the Diversity Hygiene Academy podcast series. This is podcast number eight called Disinfectant Application Methods. My name is Lorinda Becker, and I'm the host today. We have with us Van Walter as our presenter on the podcast. As a part of Diversity Hygiene Academy, you will have some slides on the topic, a video recording, audio recording, and a quick narrative on the content. There are many different tools for you to use, so we invite you to just sit back, listen, and learn. A podcast about cleaning? Diversity Hygiene Academy podcast series. So Van, I'm going to turn it over to you. Well, thanks, Lorinda. Thanks for having me on today and talking about uh, something that's I think it's a pretty important topic, and I think that people think that it's it's something that's pretty basic, but there's a lot of different components to that, and that's uh, applying disinfectants in, in different manners. Oh, sure. And I, I've heard a little bit about the EPA and how they might regulate a little bit, but why is it important to follow the EPA-registered dis- disinfectant label directions? Yeah, that's a really good question. Uh, first and foremost, it's the law, and, and what, what I mean by that is actually on the label of EPA-registered products, it states it is a violation of federal law to use this product in a manner that is inconsistent with its labeling. So it really is the law to follow the label direction for disinfectant uh, products. Um, so if, that doesn't, if that's not enough for you and that doesn't scare you enough, you know, it's, it's, it's all about, too, keeping yourself safe while using this product or this disinfectant product that you're using, whatever it may be, and then also keeping others safe because there are uh, chemistries out there that there may be some health concerns, and there may be some health concerns if you use them in a manner that's not uh, appropriate with what's on the label. Uh, finally, I would say it's extremely important to get the intended results you want with the disinfectant. And, and what I mean by that is if you don't use the product at the right dilution rate or in the right manner, you might not be killing uh, what is listed on the efficacy data. So that's some, right. some reasons why it's a pretty important to use uh, products per their, uh, per their label. So, Van, thanks. It does seem like, you know, there are some very important things to consider, um, you know, when looking at the label and, and following the instructions on the label. As it gets to disinfecting, and I know it's more important and more critical than ever these days, what are the appropriate steps for disinfecting? Do I have to clean first? How does that really work? Yeah, that's a great question and and one that comes up very, very frequently. And, you know, it it really, a couple things you need to consider. It, It does depend on what disinfectant you're using because some of them actually are labeled as one step cleaner disinfectants. But, you know, the key point to that is regardless of its, if it's a one-step disinfectant cleaner or if it's, a, if it's not a one-step product, if you see visible soil, if there's visible soil, you need to pre-clean that surface prior to disinfecting. You know, so, so that's extremely important. If it's not a one-step product, Regardless, even if you don't see that soil, you need to pre-clean it and then disinfect. And then another key thing here to consider, it's, it's, a, it's very important, and one that's frequently missed is, is contact time. So just make sure that the product is sitting on the surface 
staying wet on the surface for the appropriate contact time. So that's a really good point. Um, as we consider contact time, um, you talk about staying wet on the surface. I know that there are things called kill times or um, wet times. What's the difference between a contact time, a kill time, and a wet time? Yeah, that's another good point. There's also, you know, the dry time, right? So contact time is the amount of time that is needed for a disinfectant to remain wet on the surface in order for it to kill all the claims, all the, the bugs, all the bacteria, the, the viruses that are listed. Um, so in, in, practically what should happen is if you have a product that's a 10-minute disinfectant, let's say you have a 10-minute quat disinfectant, if you sit there and you watch it, it's probably going to dry after two or three minutes, right? So what you're supposed to do is reapply that and continue to reapply it so that it stays wet for the duration. Oh, I got that. Yeah, I, I know, depending on what kind of environment, you know, Arizona in the summer can get pretty uh, evaporous, I guess, if that's a word. But um, And then when I am looking at, you know, like safety data sheets and things like that, um, you know, I know there's a section on PPE, but should I wear PPE um, always using a disinfectant or do I just look at the SDS verbatim or how, how do you, what do you recommend? Yeah, I would say first and foremost, follow personal protective uh, equipment guidelines for the product SDS. And that SDS should be available on site at your place of work. Um, you know, you can get them online. Also, they're readily available. It, it, you know, second thing would be to consider is what, what do your standard operating procedures say about whatever task you're performing with that disinfectant? There may, there may be some uh, certain situations or certain manner that it's being used that, that uh, your safety guidelines are going to indicate certain PPE. And then I, I would say, finally, you know, consider what you're coming into contact with, right? So, I mean, you're going to be contacting potentially pathogens uh, in various soils. You, you know, to, to a lot of degree, you're not going to want to be coming into contact with any of that. So, I mean, for me, it's like I'm wearing gloves when I'm disinfecting, not only for potentially the safety of my skin, but also for coming into contact with whatever I'm, whatever I'm cleaning and disinfecting. Yeah, it sounds like wearing gloves might be a good uh, a good way to go um, when you're not sure for sure. So, um, right. and then when you start thinking about applying, um, you know, like we've looked at the safety, we've looked at the contact time, but how do you best, or what are some of the different ways to apply disinfectants? Before we get into like various types of application methods for disinfectants, I just want to remind everyone, you know, it's very important to refer back to what that EPA registered product label states. And if it doesn't state on the label that the, the product should be applied in a certain manner, you shouldn't be applying it in, in that manner. So it's always good to refer back to whatever your label states. But what I guess what I'd like to do is let's just discuss some of the common ways that there are out there to um, apply disinfectants. And one of them is, is this is something you do at your home very, very frequently. And, and it's called spray and wipe, right? This is pretty basic. You have a trigger sprayer uh, full of, full of disinfectant cleaner or disinfectant, and you can either spray a surface directly, or you can spray uh, a cloth. It might be a microfiber cloth. It might be a cotton cloth, but then 
the surface is either wiped or, you know, the, the it's applied with the cloth. So pretty basic, pretty easy to train, right? So, I mean, everybody is very familiar with this. And when you're wiping and you're cleaning, you do get some uh, mechanical action during the process. Some things that might be uh, hinder this application method or might be, uh, you know, con cons towards it would be, there, there could be something called clot binding going on when you spray the clot directly and you're using a quaternary ammonium uh, compound product. And what happens there is that the, the, the key ingredient, which is uh, charged in one manner, gets stuck in, into the cloth and not released onto the surface. So, you know, it's, it's that, that's a potential hindrance if you're spraying the cloth first. And then something else to consider is the contact time. If you're spraying a cloth, um, you might not be getting enough contact time where the surface is remaining wet or if you're spraying the surface as well. And in addition, inhalation could be a concern because if you're spraying something, and especially on these trigger sprayers, they have different settings, and some of the settings are actually a, a very pretty fine mist setting. So you could be breathing in some of that uh, chemistry while you're using it. And then finally, one other consideration when that, uh, selecting an application method would be with, with spray and wipe, you're using some sort of uh, launderable cloth. It could be a microfiber cloth or it could be cotton, but you need to have the right facilities um, as far as laundering facilities put into place to, to take care of that. Interesting. So spraying and wiping, there's some pros and cons. And, and I actually recognize the, um, on the screen that you have there the, the, a picture of what we would you know, potentially use in just about any facility. So um, what other types of way, um, ways are there to apply disinfectants? Yeah, another, another pretty common one, something, something we call Duncan Ring. <laughs> um, and this is, this is something you would do around your house too, but it's also used in commercial settings as, as well. Um, Duncan Ring, you, you basically have a bucket of cleaning solution or disinfectant solution. And in that bucket, you would place, uh, you know, maybe 10, maybe 15 cloths, whatever it might be, whatever fits in there, right? Or, or maybe whatever you think you're going to be using through the, throughout the day. Um, and those are just sit, sitting in there and they saturate in there throughout the day. And when you go to use the cloth, you pull it out of the bucket and then you wring it out. Um, you know, to whatever degree you, you choose. Uh, you know, some pros and cons, it's a very familiar process. Again, it's easy to train. People know how to do this. Um, you know, you do have some mechanical action when you're, when you're cleaning with the cloth, so that's good. Some of the, some of the downsides to this might be, again, that quad binding that we, we talked about, uh, where the, the quad gets bound up into the textile and not released onto the surface. And, you know, that repetitive motion, that repetitive ringing motion over time, that can, that can potentially cause some strain to the user as well. Most of the time we see these cloths and they are floating in there and there's, there's just too much saturation. So if you're, if you're trying to get the best out of a microfiber cloth as far as cleaning performance, this oversaturation just, it just doesn't cut it, right? So, um, you know, and it will also leave, if they're oversaturated, it'll leave the surface maybe sticky or with some sort of residue. So that, that kind of leads into another method, which is pre-wetted microfiber. Uh, pre-wetted microfiber 
is actually taking a very specific amount of disinfectant solution and then adding that solution, uh, that specific quantity of solution to a specific number of microfiber cloths. So it's kind of pre-calculated out, hey, I know I need to wet these cloths to this degree so that I can get this contact time and I know that the cloths are going to be are going to be uh, not oversaturated so that we're not wasting product and that the microfiber is working in a manner that it, that it needs to. Right. So, so the, the, the beauty of this is that the cloths are then just pulled out of the bin and they're, they're ready to go. I mean, they're just ready to use. So there's great productivity with that. You get good cleaning performance with the microfiber. Uh, I, I would say one of the, the downsides to this is that, you do need to do some additional training to get your staff up and up to speed on the actual preparation of these cloths because there is some measuring that goes into this and it, it needs to be done appropriately so that the cloths are prepared right. And again, you know, if you don't have on-site laundry or off-site laundry that, uh, that you're currently doing, you need, to, you need to consider that as well. So, so there's a different amount of liquid I'd put in if I had a different size of cloth or what, what determines the amount of liquid? Is it the size of the cloth, the thickness or what? Yeah, that's a good point. So it's definitely going to, it's, it's definitely going to depend on what size of cloth you have. And not only that, you also need to consider how long you need to have that disinfectant remain wet on the surface, right? So you may have to add some additional solution and, and, and figure out that. So like I said, you know, there's some, Getting the cloth set up in the right manner is the tricky part with the pre-wet microfiber option. Oh, got it. And then what if I don't have laundry? Well, disposables are another great option. So uh, disposable wipes, this is kind of, this, the, you know, this, this is the easiest of, of all these options, I, I would say, as far as the, the surface wiping or manual wiping methods. And, and, you know, these can either come, ready ready to go ready to use so you purchase this tub of wipes and when you pull the wipe out it's already saturated with the appropriate amount of uh, disinfectant so that you know that when you wipe the surface it's going to be uh, wet enough long enough for the kill kill time or the the uh, contact time that's listed on the label the, another way you could do this too is we we actually have wipes that are just the wipes without the chemistry in it. So they're dry wipes that are sold. And then you can add the, the, the appropriate amount of chemistry to the wipe to make your own pre-wetted wipes or, or disposable wipes. So again, you, you have a lot of pros here. You know, you have good, good cleaning performance, great productivity, um, you know, no prep or not much prep at all. Uh, you get your contact time and no quad binding like we discussed earlier, and then no laundering also. So a couple of downsides might be you have the waste, obviously, from the disposables. So when, when you're done with it, you're throwing it away. And, and there's, there's a price that's going to come with this, this convenience, right? Oh, got it. Sure. But it certainly seems like it would be an easy way to go if you don't have laundry. Um, and, and that's great. So one other question that I had that you, you might be able to help me with is, I know a lot of people are looking at, you know, how do I disinfect very large spaces? Like might go in and do a clean, but I, I have like a school building or a bus or whatever that, you know, that would have a large area, large surface to disinfect after I do that clean and the spills, as you call them, or soils. 
Um, what what other options are there if you were to do like a large, large area? Yeah, another option that's becoming more and more popular and we're hearing more and more about it is, is uh, or are these electrostatic sprayers, right? So um, the technology has been around for quite a while, for decades, and, and it's been uh, used more commonly in the past for applying paints. And the reason why it's used in that, that manner is because it, it does a good job of applying these paints in a, in a nice, even coat. Um, so the technology basically works by creating very small droplets uh, of liquid that, that go through this you know, certain nozzle. And then what they're doing is they're applying an electric uh, charge to the liquid. And this helps the, the liquid cover and coat surfaces a little bit better. Um, so it's a combination of, you know, that, that nozzle and then also the uh, electric charge that is, is, is put into it as well. So uh, the pros and cons of this are going to be, you know, you're going to get, like we discussed before, like you mentioned, if you have a very large space, right, you, you know, this is great productivity because you can cover a lot of ground in a short amount of time. Uh, another pro is, you, you know, great or really good surface coverage. And uh, those, those would be the, mostly the, the pro sides or the upsides to this, this technology. The downsides could be, you know, you got to be careful with some of these units and, and follow the safety guidelines and what's outlined on the uh, manufacturer recommendations. Because, you know, if you're not grounded properly, there could be potential for, for shock because you are introducing electricity in, into the equation here. Um, you know, there's also potential health concerns with inhalation, and it de depends on the chemistry that you're using too. But you got to remember, you are uh, creating extremely small droplets in in this this unit, and it it makes it um, you know uh, more susceptible to potentially being uh, in inhaled while you're using this. So, uh, one of the things we touched on earlier, you know, very early on was is it necessary to clean or, or what are the steps in disinfection, right? So this does not, electric static sprayers do not replace the need for any sort of manual cleaning, right? This is just strictly applying disinfecting chemistry to a surface. So again, that does not replace the need for manual cleaning. Uh, also, you know, these need to, use the appropriate disinfectants. So you need, need to make sure that it is, it is on the label and that the label that, uh, of the product that you're using is appropriately labeled for the use of these, these, uh, these units. There's also a larger in, in initial invest, investment too. Oh, okay. And then I know this is spraying. Um, do you have any experience with fogging? Yeah, so foggers are, are interesting as well because fogging machines, uh, they can be used to actually apply uh, disinfectant or sanitizer to large spaces like entire rooms. And there are even these units that they put in place that are spray nozzles that they put in the ceiling at, at location. So for say like, you know, like a production facility where they're doing some sort of um, meat cutting or, a, 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 you know, some, some place where there's a lot of risk of potential contamination. Uh, these units will actually, like the electrostatic sprayers, uh, create very small droplets, even smaller than the electrostatic sprayers, 
And in the purpose, again, is to cover all the surfaces or try to cover as many surfaces as possible in that, in that area. The units can be also portable machines that, that you might roll into a room and then turn on and then it fogs the whole, whole room. Or some of them are even handhelds like the electrostatic sprayers that you hear or you, you uh, see as well. Uh, again, great productivity rate. It covers large areas. But, you know, potential health concerns again, too. You know, you don't want people in the room when you're doing this. You got to be careful uh, that you're, you're not inhaling certain chemistries. And uh, it doesn't replace the need for manual cleaning again. And, and it needs to be labeled appropriately, the, the disinfectant or sanitizer for this application. Uh, large, larger, much larger initial investment for this type of equipment, too. Um, both like, like the electrostatic sprayer and the fogger. Another, another thing you need to consider is because it's putting this chemistry out in such a, a uh, fine mist is the amount of solution that's going on the surface and how long that surface stays wet. You want to make sure that it, it uh, meets the appropriate contact times. Right, right. No, that's definitely you've given a ton of options, a ton of opportunities on to you know, looking at the environment, looking at what type of tools we have, the training that we need to do, and really on these last two, the initial investment into whatever the kind of applicator is especially. So um, very, very helpful. I think this is great information for um, how to apply disinfectants. And you know what, Van, I want to thank you so much for um, for joining today to go through this because it's definitely given me some great ideas on what the different methods are and the pros and cons of those methods. So thanks for, um, thanks for being here to, to do this podcast and I appreciate your time. You bet, Lorenzo. Thank you.